Today's episode of Tyson Tate is brought to you by Discover, and now a message from Discover about rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful like cashback match. For instance, Discover matches all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, the Orlando Magic have won the right, Tate, to get the Chet Holmgren decision wrong. That's all I know. Is that if, if they take Chet number one, that was a huge mistake. If, oh, if oh they, mistake. Yes, that's right. Huge, huge mistake. But if they pass on Chet and take Jabari. Major mistake. Major mistake. Which is bigger, a huge mistake or a major mistake? I don't know. I just, like, th- this feels like it's a draft major, to me. Who do we know? Yeah. Th- this is the draft where you don't want the number one pick because you want someone else to make the decision, and then yes. you just take the, the guy who's left. I want the number three pick, so I take, let, let someone else sort out Chet and Jabari and Paolo, and I just take whoever's left. That's a, that's the sweet spot. But You uh, hope that someone pulls the Sixers and trades up to the number one pick and then takes Markel Fultz. You know what I mean? You, you <laughs> want to be the boss. You want to Danny Ainge is, this whole situation. Is Markel Fultz available in this draft again? It could they, be. they should do that. You should do like if, if, you're, <laughs> if you're like a top five pick that didn't pan out as much as everyone thought. You get thrown back into the draft. <laughs> you get you this time around, <laughs> you're redrafted. Um, also, speaking of the draft, the, the NBA Combine is underway in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, and maybe maybe there's some notes and some uh, some stories coming out of there, Tate. I don't know. Just Has anything caught your eye? We'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, Kevin you, Keats is a winner. He had two first-round picks on his team. So oh, wow. about this. All right. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't Google the record. Don't uh don't actually look into don't look at don't look at the don't window. fact check that. But <laughs> Kevin Keats is you're, you're telling me that Kevin Keats might be uh, going full John Cal. He might not where, win games, but he produces winners in yes. life. That's what he does. Is it if I'm if I'm there on draft night in the green room, I'm then we won. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, <Cal Perry. laughs> also we gotta talk about it. I wanted to go as far into the offseason as I could without talking about this man. Um, he was he was a man we talked about a time or two on the show throughout the season, and I thought he might be out of our lives forever, but he is back. His name is Mike Shashevsky. Are oh, we no. allowed to call him Coach K anymore, Tate? Because he is retired. He's no longer a coach. <laughs> or is he? Or is he? <laughs> because uh, we have to do a Coach K successor power rankings update. Yeah. This is uh, the, the waters have never been murkier with with, with the what's transpiring with Joey Baker. Uh, Joey Baker's entered the transfer portal. Duke put out a statement from Coach K. As far as I know, they did not put out a statement from John Shire, the head coach. Not from the actual head coach, no. Not yet. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, also, we might talk a little NBA playoffs. I don't know. Maybe. It's, uh, maybe. Kind of we'll see. I don't know. We're, 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 uh, the Celtics are blowing out the heat right now in game two, so uh, I don't know how exciting that'll be, but we'll see where this thing goes. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. All right, T, you want to start with the lottery? 
just the, the the we have an actual draft order. I don't know how much this matters. First of all, you you are more plugged in. You are sourced. Uh, you are the guy that that uh, does the big J journalism. No one remembers, show. or no one cares, or yeah, no, no one. I care. I remember. I appreciate it. Yeah, I like when you ask me. I, you do, I, do I, you do the uh, journalism, and then I do the uh, the magnification of your journal. You know, like I'm the yes. one that's like you're everybody. shouting from the rooftops for me. You're yeah, basically Tate, Paul Revere. You know yes. what I mean? You're, Tate knew. <laughs> Tate was right all along. Um. So with that in mind, would you say your feel on this, uh, that this draft was contingent upon um, the, the order of, of, which, uh, of, of how the teams are going to draft in the sense that like if, we, if you and I would have done our, our mock draft or, or talked through who we think was going to go number one uh, a week or two ago, yeah. maybe it looks different versus when you actually have the teams in front of you and, and you have not – that, not that these teams are going to draft for fit per se – but at the same time, different teams value different things. They see different things. And they have um, tendencies. Like GMs and, yes. and owners have tendencies. So it definitely, yeah, you're right. It, it depended on the team who would be the, the de facto number one pick. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think. I mean, certainly with all the conversations, you're, you're paying attention to people that do this stuff for a living. The, uh, the the guys who are draft gurus, so to speak, they they they, they don't have a consensus. This is not a draft where um, there, there is an obvious number one. I don't know if if it's a weak draft though because I, I've seen some people say that that like this draft isn't that great and I guess like in some ways if there isn't a guy who's the surefire bonafide this guy will be a Hall of Famer number one pick then then you might say that it's a weak draft I guess because you don't have that to like buoy the 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 discussions around the draft yeah. um, and certainly like the guys are at the top the, the the top three guys top four if you want to throw Jaden Ivy in there which I still do because I think Jaden Ivy could very well end up being the best player in this draft uh, i don't think he's going to go number one nor do i think he probably should but um it, all, all four guys at the top have obvious flaws in some capacity um and it's easy to poke holes in them but i gotta say man i'm i'm pretty excited about seeing all four and and, and shit if you want to throw keegan murray in there all five whatever wherever you want to draw the line the top of the draft i actually am excited to see how these guys pan out because number one it's all going to be college guys. Huge W for us there, college yeah. basketball guys. It's all guys that we uh, that we know and love from That's watching why I college. Think I'm season. excited because yeah. I, feel like yeah. I, I know these guys. These are my friends. You know what I mean. And I'm excited to see where they get you know picked and where they end up. But number two, they actually are interesting as prospects because you have a guy like Chet Holmgren who we've never ever seen ever. There's it's it's he he is going to be um, the the. I think the takes around Chet Holmgren, both leading into this draft and coming out of the draft, are going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. I think he is the ultimate take guy that has ever existed in NBA draft history and that th that everyone has a thought on him. You know what I mean? Um, there's that. There's there's Jabari, who who is a great shooter, is 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 six foot ten, is uh, you know, it, he 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 might be the best shooter in the draft, and he's incredible on defense, also can't dribble, also doesn't seem to be able to finish at the rim. So there's like question marks there. Uh, Paolo can't doesn't want to play defense, can't play defense. We don't know. We don't know. That's the problem with a lot of these Duke guys. The, the guys that come out of Duke is it can, can they play defense? And they just don't know how to. Do they not want to play defense? Where do we fall? And if they them? don't want to play defense, should we take them because we're yes. going to defense? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Jaden Ivey, uh, we 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 covered his his his. I flaws. mean, the first step is unprecedented. Yes. You need someone that can get downhill, and he checks all those boxes. So yeah, but he's a little erratic at times, and lost to St. Peter's and <clears throat> various things like that. So anyway, the, you, 
Yeah. You can poke a lot of holes, but you just have like, like, like a, a guy like Jaden Ivey doesn't come along in a draft very often. I, I understand he's being compared to John Morant because he wants everyone to compare him to John Morant with his hair and his explosiveness and everything. But uh, you, you don't see a prospect like him, which isn't to say that he's better than every prospect we see every year. I'm just saying like he, he is an unusual prospect um, in the sense that guys that athletic, that dynamic do not come out every single draft. Uh, Paolo Bancaro is unique in that you don't, you don't see guys that big have that good of control of their bodies. And, and he, uh, can hit you with a spin move as he's driving to the basket and dunk on people. And that's certainly rare. Jabari's shooting stroke is rare for guys size and Chet is just rare, uh, in every single aspect, all the way down to his name being Chet and his father <laughs> videotaping his games. Like everything about that guy is, is, is unique. So that's my monologue to open Tate that I I'm excited for this draft because, I don't think all of the guys at the top are surefire bonafide Hall of Famers, but I do think they are unique. And I think that the idea of seeing guys like them every year is is not exactly true. So I, I don't know where we're going to stack this draft up in terms of historical, you know, drafts, but um, it has my attention. We'll put it that way. Yeah. And how many times have we gone into a draft where we said it is historic and we do like the slam cover and we act like it's 1997 <laughs> and it's not, you know what I mean? How many times have we done that? Whether it be with Andrew Wiggins or any of these guys, you know, Jabari Parker. So anything, there's no exact, you know, no exact science here, but I think you mentioned it at the top, whatever team got the number one pick, which is now the Orlando magic. Now we kind of have an idea, idea of what they're going to do because of, who their GM is, John Hammond. This yes. guy loves wingspan. You mentioned yes. Chet Holmgren. What is this man in a nutshell? He is one word. He is wingspan. And uh, it's fascinating. We joked all season long, who is going to be the next Kevin Durant in college basketball? Is everyone the next Kevin Durant in college basketball? Well, the Oklahoma City Thunder, a.k.a. the former Seattle Sonics, had the number two pick, and they have Whoa. a guy who is 6'11", <laughs> and he is going to, to come right into the league and be able to score. So Jabari Smith kind of checks that box in my mind, and I think officially if he goes number two to OKC, we say he is the next Kevin Durant. The Houston Rockets have a perfect situation for a guy like Paulo Bancaro. He walks right in there. He's not the number one guy, even though he thinks he's the number one guy. Mm -hmm. You have Green there, who is the obvious number one guy. Kind of helps him not have to take the brunt of carrying this franchise. Houston gets a guy with Christian Wood and a lot of talent, and hey, they take off from there. And then number four, I'm worried right there for Jaden Ivey that he goes there, but I think that the Kings mess it up and have De'Aaron Fox so they don't take him, and that means Ivey falls to the spot that I mentioned on the show earlier in the year as the perfect fit for him next to Cade Cunningham. No, no, spot, no. He goes to Detroit. He comes I, home. I, I he comes home to the Pacers at six, Tate. I can't oh, tell no. you. Oh, no. <laughs> First of all, I'm in agreement with you. I, th I think Chet's going number one. Uh, Chet's I, going one. I don't feel strongly enough about Chet. I'm still working on on. Uh, I I I was told I have up until the day before the draft to submit my take on Chet, on on whether I think he's going to be good. I'm still working on it. I'm still calling. Some <laughs> I'm I'm not ready to lock it in yet. I I know I know, you know who's either going to graphic the pick is in. That'd be great. The pick is in. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> With the first take in the 2022 NBA draft. Mark Titus declares Chet Holmgren to be a skinny little bitch. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, shocking there. Did not see that one coming. A lot of people were high on Chet Holmgren. 
Um, I, 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 I do think Chet's going to go one. I, I, I think it makes sense. I think the, the Jalen Suggs synergy makes sense too, with, with both of them being buddies. And I um, think that's just like a, that's a bonus. That's a cherry on top. I don't think yeah, th- that's not the reason you, that's not the reason you pick him, but that's the reason you, uh, they, they're, they're in the, they're in the, the, the boardroom talking it over and they decide they want to take Chet. And then some 24 year old video coordinator steps up and is like, you know, uh, I think Jalen and him are pretty close too. And then they're like, well, I'll be goddamned, Adam. Thank you for saying that. You're absolutely right. You know, that seals it. What's done. We're we're doing it. Um, shout out, shout out Adam, by the way. I don't know who. Yeah. <laughs> don't Thank know you, Adam. Good job, Adam. <laughs> Good contribution, Adam. Uh I do think Jabari and Chet are one and two. So I, I'm I'm following your logic there. I think Chet's going one. I think Jabari is now going to go. I think the biggest wrinkle that could happen is that OKC wants Chet so bad because from what I gather, Sam Presti loves Chet Holmgren. And if you know anything about Sam Presti, that checks a lot of boxes and makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I could see Presti wanting to trade. Like he gets news that Orlando's going to take Chet. He wants Chet. He pulls the Mark Cuban, whatever it takes, like what he did for Luka. He's like, whatever it takes to get this yeah. guy. Um, yeah. and then Orlando maybe gets some, some of the assets, you know, that are already there. Maybe Orlando says, Hey, we'll give you the number one pick. If you give us giddy and, uh, mm-hmm. and the number two pick or something like that, you know what I mean? They, they try to finesse them out of the situation, but I think at the end of the day, the magic gets Chet Holmgren. I mean, it's- Oklahoma city's in a position to get whoever they want in the sense yeah. of like they have assets 40 they, picks over the next <laughs> yeah four years something like so that. if they if they want if they really want chet holmgren they can kind of they, they can get him and they can get chet holmgren. they, they yes. can find it yeah they can yes <laughs> it's just all about the magic basically driving up that price and how but, much you're really going to give to go up one spot if do you want chet holmgren like do you go all in for chet holmgren or are you trying to go after victor what's his name Wimbayama? Did, did we google yeah. that did we get <laughs> I, I never got the pronunciation but you're right victor Wimbayame. let me let me let me search this guy's name again I, I'm disrespecting Wimbo-way. the Wimbo-way. I mean he's unbelievable. Yes. I've seen highlights. Wimban Wimban Yama. Okay. Wimban Yama. That's uh that's lock that in. That's how you lock uh, that in. All right. I got that. Victor Wimban Yama. <laughs> well, he he maybe that's what the Thunder do. They say they look at the 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 cost of this situation. Is it really worth trading some of their million picks to get up one spot? And they say, Well, we'll wait for Victor. Yeah, he'll be our chat. Yeah, and then next year we'll trade in a million picks. If we don't get the number one pick, we'll do whatever we can to get Victor. And then yes, um, so here, here here's my selfish. Uh, th- this this was my experience with the lottery. So the uh, the the Indiana Pacers. I I I am a Pacers fan when it's convenient, Tate. I think when when the time comes that my I can. Fan. Yeah, yeah. When when it benefits my career, I'm 100 percent a Pacers fan. When it can get me booked on the Bill Simmons podcast, uh, I will tell you that I'm a Pacers fan. No, I as I've got, I didn't I, I wasn't a Pacers fan when I was I growing just, you up. Like Vogel, right? <laughs> yeah. You're a Vogel guy. <laughs> trying to figure out if I was uh, trying to figure out my place in the Bill Simmons universe as a Cavs fan or a Pacers fan was very confusing for me. I gotta yeah. say, I, well, I you had a, you I, had I the rough know. spot where like once the Cavs were cool again with LeBron yeah. and Kyrie, you weren't a Cavs fan. They, they were like you, right, right. Other other people are I would, Cavs fans now. I was I was the the the, the time I, I was I was fully in on the Cavs was when LeBron was in Miami and there's a chance like people started talking about LeBron maybe potentially coming back. And then and then they take Andrew Wiggins and I got excited about the idea of Wiggins and LeBron and Kyrie and then obviously they as they we all did 
Yeah. It, it made a lot of sense, especially now when yeah. you watch Wiggins on the Warriors where he's like bought into like team basketball and everything. You're like, it could have worked maybe. I mean, never. And then they won it. When they won in 2016, I was definitely a Cavs fan. And then when they started losing, I wasn't again. No. Um, anyway, back to the point. Uh, I'm not a Pacers fan per se, Tate, but I want to be so badly. Like I, I want, um, I want to believe. I want, I want to be because the older I get and the the further I move away from home, the more I, I get excited about the idea of a a a basketball team that has Indiana on their chest and representing uh, the the one state that basketball matters more in than any other state in this country and setting As, the pace yes you know I mean? yes that's what they do they're setting the so pace. that 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 goes on in my head where i'm like I, I you know like i didn't necessarily grow up a huge pacers fan i i cared more about college and high school basketball than than professional basketball mm-hmm. but but damn it now that i'm getting older like that would be sick if the pacers were actually good and we're going into a lottery tate where the pacers have the fifth best chance of getting the number one overall pick. Now, I didn't think the Pacers were ever going to get the number one overall pick, but what I did think, uh, the, the, and, and I, I forgot to say this, the, the Indiana Pacers, my entire life, part of what was so frustrating about them is that they were never in contention for the number one pick. They never pick in the top 10, for God's sake. The, the one time they had like a high draft pick, they took Kawhi Leonard, a semi-high draft pick. They take Kawhi Leonard and immediately trade him to the Spurs. Um, the Pacers are the definition of a mediocre NBA franchise in the sense that they make the playoffs every single year. The stereotypical Pacers years make the playoffs lose in the second round, rinse and repeat. Very frustrating. I won off that cycle of, of Pacers fandom, Tate. So we're going into the lottery. Pacers have the fifth best chance. I say to myself, maybe this is it, dude. Like maybe because I know at the top of the draft, it's all dudes I know from college. Like the, the Pacers aren't, this isn't a year that they're going to take a, a a dragon bender type dude where I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, what, what are we doing? Um, I know whoever they're going to take is going to be a guy that I watched a ton of and I can get excited about. And I thought I'll be damned. Is it going to happen? Like, are the Pacers going to sneak into the top three and like maybe Paolo Bancaro is going to Indiana and like, maybe this is what it, this is all it's going to take for me to now care about the Pacers. Yeah. I never thought they were going to get the number one pick. What I should have seen coming, though, was that, that they would fall. That they would fall, Tate. <laughs> in a draft where there feels like there's like four or five guys that that, that you you, you want to sneak into the top. Like obviously, you number one or two would be great. You get Cheddar Jabari, but uh, there's really five guys. There's the way really people, five. yeah, the way people are talking about the gap, it's like Jaden Ivey, Keegan the Murray. Last one. Yeah. Yes, and then there's a drop off because then you start getting into the Shaden Sharp, which like I. I'm going to Shane Sharp is my Luka Doncic this year. Never seen the guy play. I haven't watched a second of him play basketball. I have no idea. I haven't even watched him warm up. I didn't, I did, I, I did not consume the clips of people, uh, you know, tweeting out links of him at shoot arounds or whatever else. And he might go tonight. He might not. Is, is Cal going to play him? We don't know. Um, I, I know nothing about Shaden Sharp. So he might be awesome and he, it might work out, but he, he's kind of the wild card. So in my mind, there are those top five, Tate. Of, of Murray, Ivy, Bencaro, Holmgren, and uh, Jabari. <laughs> and of course. <laughs> you guys are in the sixth spot. You look up at the Indiana Pacers, our drafting number six, and I just want to say, uh, I, I think it might be another year before I, uh, I get excited about the Pacers. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. If I am there at six and I see that every single mock draft, you, you mentioned the, all the draft gurus, how they don't have a you know a one-track mind this year on the number one pick, but they seem to have a one-track mind on who they're going to take at number six. And everyone has shade on Sharp going to the Pacers there. I don't see a world in which the Pacers take Sharp there, especially just knowing the history of it. Like, like it is, the franchise, the ownership, everything. I kind of feel like at there at six, there's a guy like A.J. Griffin, 
that can yeah. work himself uh, into that situation. You know what I mean? Even a guy like Benedict Matherin who could work himself up into that situation. So if I'm the Pacers and if I'm Mark Titus and I am, you know, a Pacers fan, I'm hoping that they dig into the old Pacers way of like, we want a basketball player. You well, know that's what, what like Ochai Agbaji would be high. Yeah. That would be a reach. But even taking him being like, this guy was the national player of the year in our book. And he goes to wins the national championship. We, we, we are going to ride. Right. But like, I would like that as a Pacers pick to, to that point, Tate. I think that's why I was excited because the, the, the Pacers move is, is to do exactly what you just said. And, and in my mind, what made sense would be to take a big 10 guy, which was, was Keegan Murray or Jay Nivey. And it's now it's going to be Johnny Davis. And like, I, I'm okay with Johnny Davis. I was just like, I thought, like, like that is the equivalent of like, Ivy. <laughs> I was like, mom, can we get Jaden Ivy? And she's like, we have Jaden Ivy at home and it's Johnny Davis. And I'm like, I, I don't know about that, mom. It's not the same. It's not Jaden Ivy. J- Johnny Davis isn't from Indiana. Jaden Ivy's from Indiana. He played college. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm the Pacers, like if, if, if you're Indiana Pacers, if you're listening and you, you want me on board, um, which I, you know, maybe you don't, that's okay. That's fine. I want you, you on board. They need maybe, you. Maybe you don't need me, you know. But if you want, if you want a hometown kid to uh, jump on the bandwagon and uh, and and bleed, uh, what are their colors? Blue and gold. Is that officially the? I think okay. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm kidding. That was a joke. Calm down, everybody. Uh, if you if you want me to get on board, you you figure out a way and you take Jaden Ivey. You 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 get you like. I don't know what you do. I don't know if you like you you start releasing reports that he's like a terrible human being. Um, and so he falls. I don't know if you do that. That seems a little sabotage maybe. I don't know. I don't know if that's unethical. If all this fair and love war in NBA draft, I don't know. Um, or if you trade up, I don't know what it is, Tate, but like I had it in my mind going into this lottery. I didn't know where the Pacers were going to pick, but I, I, I just, I was trying to manifest that Jaden Ivey was going to end up on the Pacers because he's, he's the home state kid. Uh, it, 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 it felt like a move the Pacers would do. And it was something like I was actually excited about because uh, the, the, the move of the Pacers taking like a Tyler Hansborough is on the one hand, you're like, okay, <laughs> so you're not like getting actually excited about it. <laughs> Jay Ivey, I would get actually excited about, and it would actually stir something Big up Vogel, inside me. Big Vogel loved Tyler Hansborough. Put him in the starting lineup. People forget that. Uh, I was sitting here just trying to think about guys that could get you to buy all the way in if they took him at six. That's not Jay Ivey. And yeah. the answer is right in front of our face. It's the big 10 freshman of the year, Malachi Branham. Oh, that's, that's the guy. Because if, if, if they're going to take a shooting guard, like Sharp would be a 6'6 shooting guard. Why would you not take the proven 6'6 shooting guard who his measurables were insane at the combine? And there's been a lot of people that are saying he could be top 10. Dude, so. every time I look up, every every time I look up and check a mock draft, Malachi Brandon's He's moved climbing. up three spots. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how this happened. And the Pacers, honestly, if they took him at six, there would be some teams that would be pissed. They're like, wow, that was a great pick. That's what yeah. you want when you make a pick. You want to make a pick, and then the other team. That's like, a that's ben. a huge swing, though, dude. Because that, that that's like Cam Johnson to the Suns. Like, exactly. You, it's a good. It, I think it would be a good pick, but it's way too soon. It's like you you could trade the Pacers' move would be to trade down because they know they can get Malachi at like eleven. So somehow I, I they, think there's a chance that he goes like like ten, like nine. Yeah, no, that's what I was gonna say. They like trade down to eleven or something, and they're like, <laughs> we're gonna take Malachi, and then he's gone by the time. It's- and then they take shade on Sharp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they take Mark Williams or something. Well, I, Mark Williams might be good, by the way. I don't know. Mark Williams might be on my big Mark board. Ford, if yeah. I had the Frazier big board, I had my top five, which we already said, the top five, everyone's top five. Mark Williams is number six on my big board. I don't understand no. how Mark Williams isn't getting more top 10 love. I, I sincerely... Because he, he can't. Is the only one from Duke that terrified me the, during the entire situation. Every single game, I was like, if Mark Williams decides that this is his game, we're going to have some trouble. Can Mark Williams shoot a basketball? That like he, he certainly didn't show us at Duke that he can. But that the, a guy like him is terrifying. And Antonio Spurs. I'm like Mark Williams. We're drafting this man, and we're bringing yeah. him to Pip England, and we're fixing this shot, and he is going to be our new David Robinson. Well, that that's is, what's that is the plan. That's what's terrifying about. Um, draft stuff is is you, you talk yourself into being able to coach anybody to learn how to shoot but it doesn't always work that way but sometimes i mean anthony davis not that mark williams is anthony davis but anthony davis never really shot the but he, he would he would shoot like 15 footers 12 foot jumpers i guess at kentucky or whatever but he wasn't he wasn't I shooting had, threes off the dribble now now that's that's his part of his game it's insane i used to be in my head about it and then i had a gm tell me to my face he was like I know that when I get them to our franchise, he's going to be shooting every single day. He'll figure it out. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess that checks out. I mean, what else is he doing? Unless yeah. he's Ben Simmons, he goes to throw around. He doesn't go to shoot around, but everyone <laughs> else goes to shoot around. Um, all right, so l- l- let me talk this out uh, selfishly. I-, I-, I don't know how many people listening are, uh, are-, are plugged in to-, to Indiana Pacers content, but uh, this-, this is just me trying to talk my way through how I, how I make it onto the Pacers bandwagon, say to six. Um, so assume the top five goes five. I, I think Shaden Sharp, no, Shadon Sharp, Shaden, Shaden. I think it's Shaden, but I keep saying Shaden. No, <laughs> I don't know. No disrespect to the Sharp family, but that doesn't do it for me. Uh, he, he might end up being the best player in this draft. I, I understand. He could be the number one. Pick. He could yeah. be the number one. I, I get all that. Doesn't matter. You didn't play college basketball. <laughs> You're not making a move. That's just how it works. That's, that's my promise to the American people. That's how I will be every single NBA draft. Um, when 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 the G League Ignite rises up and and forms a super league with Donda Academy and and overtime elite and yeah. whatever the hell uh European team Luka Doncic was playing on. What was he playing on? Oh, he's on Real Madrid, right? Dortmund? Was it Bayern? Oh. oh no, he was on Real Madrid. That's right. Yeah. Whatever so- isn't that a soccer team? <laughs> um you're like you played soccer too. When all of those leagues get together and take down college basketball, I will still be uh, the guy going into the draft getting excited about the best college player state. So shed on sharp is not going to do it for me. Um, Johnny Davis. I'm, I'm slightly worried about because I, I like Matherin more than Johnny Davis, I think. And I think Johnny Davis going to Johnny Davis, going to the Pacers, a big 10 guy. I, I think, I think Keegan Murray and Jay Nivey are the two big 10 guys that can handle the Pacers, which is to say <laughs> you could handle that. Like, um, the culture of playing Big Ten basketball and then stepping into the most Big Ten uh, NBA franchise that exists. <laughs> you know? Johnny Davis, though, was playing at Wisconsin. That's like too much Big Ten. That's like, you know what I mean? Like overload. He's, he's going to be that's an overload. Burn out. He's going to get yeah. there. And he's like, I don't like this anymore. I don't want to be here. You got to get Johnny Davis out of there. So I don't think I would get excited about Johnny Davis. I would get excited about Matherin. Uh, I think I would get excited about AJ Griffin. He was my favorite player on Duke this year. Uh, yeah. I, I, I love AJ Griffin. Griffin. Gives me Lance Stevenson vibes. You know what I mean? Get yeah. him up to the Pacers. Let him start picking up guys full court, and everyone's like, "Man, yes. I love AJ Griffin." I would. I would get excited about AJ Griffin. Um, Agbaji, I would obviously get excited about. Yeah, I think that'd be a good fit. Ty Ty Washington, I'm on the fence. I don't know. I like Ty Ty. 
Ty Ty is one of my he he's my Tyrese Maxi pick of this draft. You know what I mean? Like okay. if you get Ty Ty Washington fifteen or later, that you got a lottery talent. Like that's that's money. He's 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 my uh, wait and see guy. Like if the Pacers take Ty Ty at six, I I feel like that's it's a little early. High. Yeah, that's way too high. So I'm like I, I I like him, but also I don't know if I love the pick. I'll just wait and see. Show me some Ty Ty. I'm gonna wait and see on this one. I'm not gonna lose my mind yet. Um. Outside of that, I don't know. It's got to be Malachi. It's got to, but but they're not taking Malachi at six because that's too much pressure for Malachi. Yeah, like he's it might not it, it might not be good for him to take yeah. him at six. But I I like the idea of them doing that because then it sends the message that Malachi is supposed to be a star. We're we're expecting him to be a star. They're gonna, you know, the Big Ten guy they're gonna take is Max Christie. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about that? Uh, Christie, Peyton Watson. There was a there was a group of guys that sat out of the scrimmage. That um, I guess uh, think that they're going to get guaranteed first round slots because the mock drafts have them as first round picks. But at the end of the day, Terquavion Smith plays in the scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Now he's apparently going to be a first round pick. Darian Sebron plays in the scrimmage. Now he's apparently going to be a first round pick. So if you had one of those quote unquote locked in first round picks and you sit out the scrimmage, I just don't really see the log- logic in it from those guys. And Peyton Watson is our guy. You know what I mean? He is our five star. So I'm pressing the panic button right now. I'm a little on, on Peyton, uh, just on on the idea that you sit out on the Duffy Award out. winner for Player of the Year. <laughs> you just never in college basketball. Actual, you never sit out a game. I don't think you, you sit play out play the game. You always play the game. I, I guess if, that's if a I, game in and of itself. Like you sitting out says something to right. the owner of the team that like, oh, this guy doesn't really like to play. Listen, Peyton Watson was. Uh, he is our five star. He is the only He's five star guy. to commit on it. He's our guy. Uh, if I was advising Peyton Watson, I would have said the scouts have seen you sit out enough at UCLA. Uh, maybe, maybe show them. <laughs> maybe show them what you look like on the court. Is what I would say. I mean, especially when guys are going out there, like Ken- Kenny Lofton Jr. By the way, um, one of our favorites on this program. He's got to come back, dude. He's supposed to transfer to Houston. That's what they're no, saying. No, everyone's saying that this guy has to go now. He has to go because no, looks- they're saying I'm hearing other- no. I'm hearing conflicting <laughs> reports. Say my sources are telling me. Everyone, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you on that, Tate. Everyone is telling me that he's coming back and he's saying, going to Houston. He's playing himself into a uh, position to be in the NBA, while there's other guys who are supposed to be, I guess, expected to be in the NBA, and that's not a guarantee. If Kenny Lofton comes back and goes to Houston, I'm going to pretend like I never shit all over Houston basketball for years. <laughs> I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna pull for Houston. I'm gonna pull for Houston like all Houston. the time. Yeah, and then all the Houston fans are gonna get mad at me and be like, "Dude, weren't you the one that was?" I'm like, "No, fake news. That wasn't me. That was that was Tate." <laughs> yeah, that was- <laughs> that's like the good part of our show. No one knows, so you just no like, you just throw it off based on who's in front of you. I also will say Patrick Baldwin uh, is another story that I did not did not like to hear. He apparently measurables were not great at the combine, and oh uh, no, he was projected late first round, and now he's off draft boards. You know what? You know what's messing with? Oh, he's all. He's just oh no. He's off boards. You know what's so messing me up? Word that maybe he comes back. Who knows? You, you know what's messing me up is the guy who's killing at the combine right now is apparently Jalen Williams, but he's not the Jalen Williams that we all know and love that watch college. But maybe we don't love him. The the, the guy who took seventeen thousand charges at Arkansas. It's not yeah. that Jalen Williams, but that Jalen Williams also might be a first round pick. I was going to say other he, Jalen Williams from Arkansas also had a great scrimmage, and people were saying yeah. he might be a first round guy. But Jalen Williams from Santa Clara is is like. There's a ton of buzz around him, but then Jay, it, uh, there, there's something going. The Jalen Williams dynamic is is fascinating. Which Jay, th- that's got to be a prop bet. Which Jalen Williams is going to get drafted first? 
that's definitely a I picked Jalen Williams. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the funny part about it is that it has brought up one of our favorite bits or whatever you want to call it in the world, which is Jalen Rose inventing the name Jalen. His mom inventing the name Jalen. Oh, yeah. Yes. And then in, yeah. Uh, there were apparently, I guess, five Jalens or Jadens and or Jalens that were at the Combine. And uh, I sent you this tweet, but someone put uh, Jalen Rose's mom back in 1973, and it was like, you know, uh, Steve Jobs with the first iPhone. You know what I mean? Because, you know, obviously creating the name, that's amazing. But now he's taking credit not just for Jalen, he's taking credit for Jaden Titus. And I just wanted you to know. That's a little, yeah. I think it's going to bridge too far. So it's Jalen's and Jaden's that are all, they all lead back to the Fab Five and Jalen Rose. So um, it expands, it grows, it never stops. J- that's one of those, Jalen Rose reminded everybody that uh, his mom passed away, right? Has his, has his mom yeah, passed? I believe so. Okay. Cause I, I, I got, I got to be careful because I don't like, I understand that like uh, you, you, you know, like I, I, I let, let me say it this way. I, I I do believe that his mom invented the name. I do believe that I, his mom I had, had never heard of the name Jalen. She invented it, whatever. But uh, it is hilarious to me for, for that to be like something you, again, like if it, 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 you have a great relationship with your mother, she's gone, like you want her legacy to, like I, I understand why he's doing it, but like as an outsider observing him do it, that is pretty funny to like watch Jalen Russ be like, I invented, I was the first Jalen ever. And I'm like, is that? They have to kiss the ring every like every Jalen something... like coming to the NBA. They have to be like, and thank you to Jalen Rose's mother for giving me this. Because like LeBron is probably the first LeBron ever, right? Uh, I don't I... know. Yeah, yeah, and I'm guessing like I've never heard LeBron James once be like Gloria invented the name LeBron and and like th- like that is you know I don't know it's just like a weird it's like a weird. <laughs> that is I, true. My, my 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 mindset around it is like Do you think we'll prob- see more LeBrons by the way other than Bronny. That's a that's, that's a, a great classic. question. Yeah, that, there are Kobe's. Kobe, Kobe became course. you know Kobe White. I mean, spelled differently, but yeah. there's tons of Kobe's. Kobe, Kobe Simmons, Simmons spelled yeah. differently, but a lot of Kobe's. Um, you know another Kobe? Kobe, 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 Kobe Carl. Jerome, Kobe Carl, Rome. right? Wasn't wasn't yeah, Kobe uh, Carl. George Carl's? Yeah. yeah, coach of the. Uh, I think he's the coach of the uh, Sixers G League team now. Kobe LeBron Carl. feels like. I, so history says yes, we'll see a lot of LeBrons because of what we just said. Like the, 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 the there there are probably a lot of like seven year old LeBrons out there right now, um, yeah, coming up through the ranks. But at the same time, my gut says no. My gut says that like this is this is it, it's too. But I asked the question, name. my gut said no. Because it's, like, Le- it's too lofty, you know what I mean? Because LeBron too, yeah. is like a one of one, you know what I mean? It's like, how could you be? That's kind of the problem with Bronny, and that's why I think he goes by Bronny, because it's like, you can't be LeBron. Also, if I could say, like, Jalen is a good name. Kobe is a good name. I don't think LeBron's, like, that good of a name. I think, like, LeBron yeah. James is so good at basketball, he made the name what it is. But I don't think... But you know what another great name is? Jordan. You know what I mean? Naming your kid Jordan. or ha- yeah. Like, that, that is a strong... Michael. Michael. You know was I mean? Michael Jordan the first Michael? <laughs> Is he the first ever? Yeah, ever. <laughs> Can you imagine Michael George starts saying that? The first well, ever Michael. You know what would be great if LeBron's like everybody named James is named after him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The King that's James the- Bible. It was me. It was that's my Bible. <laughs> um, and so uh, uh, the the other thing I was gonna say is uh, I'm looking at a mock draft right now that uh, the Pacers apparently have the first pick in the second round. Nice. I didn't realize that they have the 31st pick because what I've been telling everybody, everyone's been asking me about 
and, and everyone there's like been three people but you know it's overwhelming today. i'm an introvert i get <laughs> i get texts from three people i'm like my god calm down everybody that's a lot of text um ej liddell tate and malachi Branham. obviously those are the two buck guys they could both go first round theoretically and i get asked about ej liddell what do you think about ej liddell at the next level and i keep saying i think and and ej plug your ears i love you to death but i think what's best for ej is not going first round it's like he, he's one of the first like two or three picks in the second round that's what feels right to me he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder um doesn't get a guaranteed contract per se I, I see that path for EJ Liddell. And then he and then he makes the roster immediately and he and, and away we go. And he's like the 30th. I like that. Yeah, pick, like whatever. he's like Malcolm Brogdon, uh Draymond Green, yes. 30, 34 to yes. 36 range. Yes. Yeah. And now I look up and I see that the Indiana Pacers have, according to the mock draft I'm looking at, they have the 31st pick. And now all of a sudden, Tate, it's making a lot of sense. Malachi Branham, Dwayne Washington's already on the Pacers, I think, or is he on a two-way? I don't know. I know that he got minutes for the Pacers at some point this year. I I think he's on a two-way. You get you get Malachi, you get EJ Liddell. That's what you you, you just load the Pacers up with Buckeyes, and that's how you get me. And you sign Mike Mike Conley back because Utah's going to be trying to get rid of Mike at some point. I'm sure <laughs> Utah fans are probably over Mike. Uh, bring Mike back home for the farewell tour, the Mike Conley farewell tour. Oh, I love that. I like that. load up the Pacers with Buckeyes. Bada bing, bada boom. I'm sitting courtside. It's done. It's over. Greg Odin's courtside. You're courtside. Yeah, Greg, Greg's back in Indy already. The Butler yeah. Bulldog is courtside. We're all court. Thad's courtside. Everyone's courtside. Yeah. Evan Turner court. shows up trying to be trying to be court. He's like, I, he's like, I played for the Pacers. We're like, Evan, no. Be gone. Get out. Go podcast. <laughs> that was the old dude. Pacers. Yeah, it was new the old Pacers. Pacers. These are the new Pacers. Get out. Go. In my head, in my head, I see, and hopefully this will happen. We can pull this back up. I see the Pacers with the thirty-first pick, and I close my eyes and I see Christian Brown of the Kansas Jayhawks. <laughs> That's who I see. Brady Manic. <laughs> yeah, Brady Manic. Hey, by the way, Brady Manic looked great, uh, and a lot of people are saying second round right now. So, I think he'll get drafted. He should. I think he has to get drafted. Why would how you do not? You not how, why would you not, if you have one of the later picks, not take that guy? Quick break to get a word from our sponsors. There's something that you learn in this life is that life is very fragile. And on that note, it makes sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a bit each month to protect the ones you love? If you're asking yourself this question, choose Ladder. Ladder is 100% digital, no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, just answer a few questions about your health in an application. You just need a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out if you're instantly approved. No hidden fees, cancel anytime. Get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Ladder policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot. Finally, since life insurance costs more as you age, now's the time to cross it off your list. So go to ladderlife.com slash Tate today to see if you're instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash Tate. Ladderlife.com slash Tate. If you're the type of person who's always thinking about new business ideas or wondering what's the next side hustle I should spin up, check out the podcast, My First Million. The hosts, Sam Parr and Sean Peary, have each built and sold eight-figure businesses to HubSpot and Amazon, and each week they brainstorm business ideas. You can start tomorrow. These can be side hustles that make you a few grand a month or big billion-dollar ideas. Uh, I, I need to go on this show, Tate. I, I gotta, I'm got i going to book myself on my first million so I can pitch my idea 
of which I think America needs now more than ever the the tender for um streaming service <laughs> accounts that yeah. if you're someone who has uh you have three streaming services but you don't have the other 17 you you're looking for one that you don't have maybe you share your password with someone else that has the one that you need and you can share your password and Disney I, Plus someone, Hulu yeah, looking yeah. for CNN Plus yes <laughs> yes and the CNN Plus person is like, I have CNN Plus, but I don't have Disney Plus. I could use your password. Like, you're like, bam, boom, instant connection. Build that app. I'm gonna pitch to these guys on my first million. That's gonna. Cla- I'm gonna classify that as a big billion dollar idea. We're gonna. We're, that one's a big billion dollar idea. That is not a side hustle. Uh, they also chat with founders, celebrities, and billionaires, and get them to open up about business ideas they've never shared before. I guess I shouldn't have shared that. Maybe I should share it when I go on there. Anyway, go check out My First Million. Go go listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. However you listen to our show, you can go listen to their show. Uh, Sam Parr, Sean Peary, go check it out, My First Million. And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like cashback match, for instance. Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Also, I have to talk about our good friends at Coors Light. It is a hectic time of year. Weddings, graduation, spring sports, or if you're like Tate, going to the golf course all the time. That counts as hectic. Like if you're if you're as good at golf as Tate is, that's a that's hectic. That's not that that's that's a business trip. Mentally business trips. A yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. As spring is officially sprung, we are busier right now more than ever, and sometimes we forget to just take a second for ourselves. So this season, take a second and enjoy an ice-cold Coors Light because you deserve a beer that is made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment. It is made to chill, and it is going to go down so smoothly at the Indy 500 state this year. Oh, my God, I'm so excited to just be – Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm more excited to be outside all day drinking Coors Lights than I might be for the race. I don't, I have to think about it. It's been a few years since I've been back to the 500 because of COVID. And this is my first year back in three years. And I'm going to have a cooler full Coors Light. The mountains are going to be blue. Oh, it's going to be so good. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash TNT. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Back to Tyson Tate. What, what stands out from the combine? What, what was the, uh, can can I go first? Because I have a I have a huge point that I want to make. That is that, that, that hey, hey, yeah. Give me the points. I was I was cal- cackling when I saw this. Uh, Jonathan Gavoni, uh, the Draft Express guy, tweeted out this uh, yesterday. I think yeah, on on Wednesday he sends out this tweet: lowest body fat at twenty twenty two NBA Combine. Oh yeah, I saw this. These are, the, these are the rankings. Number one, Musa Diabate from Michigan, two point seven percent body fat. Is he alive? Is he Turquavion Smith, North Carolina State, 3.8. Keon Ellis, Alabama, 3.8. A guy from Bologna, Fortitude Bologna, Gabrielle Procida, Fortitudo Bologna. Um, The two two North Carolina State guys are at 4% run. Point is, Tate. Kevin Keats is a winner. Kevin Keats is a winner. (laughs) These guys, you could say a lot about Kevin Keats' players. They are not fat. Yeah. Diane Williamson might be fat down the road, tobacco road. 
Is, is Shabazz Napier but, uh, up in arms about the snacks right now? He's like, these guys yeah. need snacks. Give these guys some snacks. What what is what is happening with the 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 body fat? I I, I got I I need to go get my body fat tested at the NBA Combine. Is what I'm learning because the, the, this body fat machine is off by at least five percent, seven percent. Like to, it, Musa Diabate being two point seven percent. If he was actually two point seven percent body fat, he'd be dead. Exactly. He would be oh, literally dead. He would go through was, drills and die. Was, when I first saw that, I was like. <laughs> These guys are like famished. Like they they need like they need sustenance ASAP. <laughs> Give these guys some sustenance. I mean, it's great for the tweet, and it's great because I swear to God, I think Terquavion Smith locked himself in as a first round pick, and I love Terquavion, Mister Basketball, North Carolina, great player, and I think Sebron is going to be a fringe first round, second round pick, and I think that tweet and that body fat percentage really helped. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> how? <laughs> I don't I don't understand how the general public falls for this either. I don't I don't I mean it it it's it's clear as day that this is all bullshit. Now I yeah, granted if you're all using the same measurements, like there is value in that. Like knowing that Musa Diabate is has the lowest body fat percentage of anyone at the combine, that's valuable information. Even if the body fat isn't percentage, yeah, even if it's not right, correct, you know that he has yeah, exactly. It's good to know. That's a good, you know, you know, it's not completely useless data. But uh, it it just reminded me of uh, when when I I I because I, I I go nuts for the uh, the the strength coach tweets going into the the preseason where they say they lost twenty pounds of fat and added seventeen pounds of muscle. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, remember remember when I did that uh, in the bubble right before the bubble started in Zion the picture of Zion with the mask <laughs> on at the weight room yeah. that I tweeted that he lost. 15 pounds of fat and gained nine pounds of whatever whatever numbers i came up with 20, 20 pounds of muscles 15 pounds of fat and then it went viral and i got <laughs> aggregated ball sack sports was going crazy oh <laughs> uh, what a time i love ball sack sports by the way shout out to that guy I'm, I'm gonna hate i know that's an account that i'm gonna hate in about six months but right now it's still funny to me um I'm trying that, that, to find Luka Doncic's body fat percentage from the combine, by the way, because <laughs> I, I want to see what they put him down as. Because he probably yeah, Luka was like... Luka and Zion, yeah. Luka well, remember, the, the other body fat percentage story that I love is the Tyler Hero Kentucky Pro Day. Before he ever played a single game for Kentucky, his body fat was like 17%, wasn't it? Or 16%? It was it was absurd. It was it was way, it was the opposite problem. It was way too high. I was like, this guy's yeah, not going to be able to. Like you're looking at him. You're like, that's not true. That, that yeah. Not. He's going to be huffing and puffing it. I mean, like I'm probably 17% for God's sakes. And I'm fat as shit. Like there's no way this guy is <laughs> 17. Um, They've wiped the Luca body fat percentage from the internet. It does not exist. You cannot find it. I can't, oh I cannot find it. Do we have a picture of a, is, does a picture exist of, of Luca with the shirt off in a pool, by the way? No. Cause that sealed the deal for me when Zion when they went to Coach K's house and Zion had the, on in the pool. he had the wife beater on in the pool. I was like, that's that's fat guy. I don't care if he has if he's chiseled abs and has veins popping out of every muscle on his body. If you're wearing a shirt in a pool, you're fat. Yeah, because fat's not physical. Fat's a mindset, and he's got a fat mindset. That's a fat guy move, 100. percent You're that is facts. So my question is, do we have Luca? Until I see a picture of Luca with the shirt off. Luca seems like the guy that has a Hawaiian shirt on by the pool and he <laughs> yeah. jumps in with the Hawaiian shirt and he takes it off while he's in the water. You know, yeah, you, you yeah. never see it. And then by the time he's out, he's gets towed up. And you see, you see, like you see the water. The water only comes up to like his ribs and like from from his nipples up. He doesn't really look that fat, 
but like oh he carries he's got that big spare tire you know so like he's kind of hiding it and then, and then he gets out of the he gets out of the pool and when he puts the towel on it's not around his waist it's around like the yeah. bottom of his rib cage oh, so he hides the, the pecs. yeah yeah you see the pecs popping you're like i don't know he looks kind of good <laughs> <laughs> i think that's it i think we saw that's the that's the uh anyway, that's, the, but, maybe that's what they should have in the combine the pool test <laughs> yeah, yeah, jump in the pool <laughs> Make everyone, make every one of these guys do a cannonball off a ten foot <laughs> high dive. Yeah, there's a diving board. A diving board right around the corner in the back. Go check in and then do your best move and we'll do a we'll belly flop. Yeah, do a belly flop and then and then like see how much have have me, you, and Jim at the combine and maybe we we have Kyle come too and we're sitting uh right right by the pool and all these guys do belly flops and we're all a little bit high. And they they just measure how much we start laughing at the belly blast. <laughs> I mean, how about this? And that's how you fat know, you are. You you just have the diving board and the pool, and you don't tell them anything, but you get to see their creativity, <laughs> right? You learn a lot about people, like what like what they would do in the pool. That's a great I mean? point. That's a great like, point. Like you learn the kind of player that they are, the kind of person they are. That's a great point. Opener, you're like this guy. He's a star. This guy. This guy wants it. Oh my god. Down. That, Dude, I, this is genius. This is next level. This is like Jerry. I feel like Dude. Jerry West right now. This is going to be my pool test. Like, I, get me a franchise. You come over to the pool. I take you to the diving board, and then we see what happens. But you don't know what I'm thinking. I'm just taking notes at what you do. I'm just observing. This is your equivalent of the quarterbacks tossing the keys to the car and yeah. see who catches the keys. Yeah, exactly. This, get, I want all my top draft prospects put on the high dive, yeah. and I want to see what happens next. Let's go to the pool, fellas. Let's go to the pool. <laughs> Don't forget your towel. Oh man. Uh, so that that anyway that, that was what stood out to me at the combine. And the, the, but I'm I'm a sucker for body fat percentages as a, as a a fat guy myself. Uh, and and as I said earlier, fat is a state of mind. It is not a physical state. It is a state of mind. And uh, I will always be a fat guy. So body fat percentages, um, no matter what, if it's if it's combine, if it's pro days, if it's these uh these strength coaches trying to make themselves look better and and you know their preseason workouts, they talk about how the 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 freshman player in between his freshman and sophomore year just dropped ten percent body fat over the summer and I'm like what what ten percent over the summer yeah are we sure Wait, what is that healthy yeah. it reminds me like watching the Biggest Loser when you'd see like those fat people like shed just insane weight so fast and then you, you get the where are they now and they've all like rubber band and put put weight back on you're like no shit they put weight back because they were like dying you were killing these people you were killing them and you were like training them to like the brink of like existence <laughs> yeah, like some yeah. of them were like i would rather just not be here and then they not. go back home and, and eat one sandwich and they balloon back up the boy in wisconsin <laughs> yeah, and check yeah. in on sharon it's like what do you think sharon's gonna do she doesn't have you around there yelling at her every day <laughs> right and then you don't <laughs> We're back at Sheboygan. We haven't seen Sharon yet, but the soft piano music hits yes. and we get a shot of like, it's like the making a murderer scene where it's like Canadian geese flying. The, make it, the opening credits of making a murderer. It's like Canadian geese flying and a soft piano music. You're like, oh no, Sharon's fat oh, again, no. isn't she? Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, Donovan's cheese curds. <laughs> you just, you know what I mean? You're like, what? <laughs> Why are we back here? And then we cut to Sharon dabbing her tears uh, with her uh, with her Kleenex, and she's like, "I tried, I really did." But honestly, they do try. I mean, I, could- I you, we're all pulling. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, what was the name of the trainer? Quickly before we get back to the combine, Bob Baffert. No, that's the horse guy. Uh, <laughs> Bob 
Bob something. It was Bob. No, no. Well, the, 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 the woman trainer that was like hard. Oh, like, Jillian. Jillian. That's right. Yeah. Jillian Michaels. Jillian Jacobs. Jillian, Jillian, Michael. J- Jillian Michaels. Jillian Jacobs is an American actress. She's, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, she's, she's the, uh, she's Britta. She's Britta. She's Jerry West. No, Pat Riley's wife on, uh, on winning time. That's Jillian Jacobs. Uh, who's Bob biggest loser. What's that dude's name? I remember him. He had the Bob Harper. Yeah. 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 Legends. He's, uh, yeah. That guy, he, he was, he was the asshole. Like Jillian, I've watched like Jillian was like the motivator. She was like, "You can do it." (laughs) I watched I watched one season of it when I was fat, and uh, because I wanted inspiration. I was and uh, and I was watching. I watched my mom like in high school. You know, I mean, it was like a like a fun show that you would like watch at night. You know, I was like, "Oh yeah, watch it." Yeah. I my my thought was like I would watch it and I'd be like, if they can do it, I could do it. And instead, I was like, I don't want to do this shit. (laughs) That was my takeaway. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to do all that. Yeah, this looks horrible. (laughs) This confirms all my worst (laughs) convictions. this is terrible yeah. who would do this um anyway that that was my one i i had two draft notes one was the body fat thing i i, I want to talk about that and then number two uh i saw that christian brown had a higher vertical than Igbashi dude by one inch Checks i found out. that interesting kennedy chandler was the number one vertical jump uh interesting that, yeah it, that was a little interesting it wasn't shocking i guess but like certainly i i don't think I, I saw that coming that he would be number one necessarily. Uh, Christian Brown makes sense. Like that guy can jump out of the gym. He's he, I'm not shocked by that. I guess I'm just a little surprised that maybe that he's, that he's higher than Ekbaje. The two teammates are two and three. I found that. I found that interesting. I find it interesting. I will say this. I think if it was in a game situation, live ball action, and you had to jump a, to a certain peak point to get the basketball, like in an actual effort in a game, Ekbaje uh-huh. jumps higher than Christian Brown. Okay. But I think, like in a set, like jump up, like in a, in a combine setting, Christian Brown is. That was a great, dude. That was a great take. That was a great, like. There's no way to refute this take. Like you know, that was because I had. I'm like, yeah, dude. For I, me, I agree with you. For me, for me that is, like, that, that, yeah. that's the difference between those two guys. And for me, it, also, it, it both makes no sense, but it makes total sense at the same time. I was like, and Chandler, by the way, that's another guy that you could talk me into lottery. That's another guy okay. that I if you need a point guard in the NBA, that guy's a that guy's an NBA point guard. Legit. I need to I need to see him jump up a high dive first. Um <laughs> me too. Do you have any any other combine thoughts or do you want to talk about Joey Baker? Let's talk about Joey Baker because like my combine thoughts, my big overarching thoughts are that Kevin Keats had two first round picks on his <laughs> team. I, mean, I have to keep reiterating that he had two first round picks on his team. I mean, that's insane. That's, but I love uh, both those guys. They're very talented. Uh, Terquavion Smith, Darian Sebron. Know the names. You'll see them soon. Two Mr. Basketballs. We love Mr. Basketballs on the show. We do love Mr. Basketballs. Sebron, Mr. Basketball from Virginia. Terquavion Smith, Mr. Basketball, North Carolina. So. I, I, my, my, my Indiana Mr. Basketball theory is going to be put to the test, though, with uh, Braden Smith at Purdue. I think that's his name. I, I, from Westfield, which, like, when I was – Westfield was in our conference. It's Braden Smith. Yeah, I was right. Um. Westfield is in Brownsburg. I, I think they're still in Brownsburg Conference, the, the Hoosier Crossroads Conference. Uh, Westfield is garbage. Westfield does not produce basketball players. We kick their ass all the time. I, they're, they're terrible, terrible school, terrible court, shamrocks. You're, you're terrible. Everything about them was terrible. Uh, and now it, Indiana's Mr. Basketball this year was uh, basically a, a short white kid from Westfield that's going to Purdue um who's he a foster lawyer type like is he like a baller No, dude foster lawyer's brother is going to purdue and he's better than braden smith 
but Braden Smith is like, he's got the, I don't know. I, I didn't, I don't, I got to call my dad. I got to get the update on this, but like, I, I watched a little bit of it. And I was like, I don't know, man. I, it, this one's going to be tough. I'm a Purdue booster. So I'm sure I'll come around and, and I'll cheer for the kid. But, uh, you know, my, it, it's putting, it's putting me to the test of cheering for every Indiana Mr. Basketball. We're going to see. I don't know. I just wanted to put that out there. That it's on my radar. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on it. That's for I, sure. Braden he Smith. might be he might be their starting point guard, by the way, because Purdue has a lot of questions at point guard and Purdue's I, got I, a lot of questions in general. <laughs> in general, dude. Anyway, so do the Duke Blue Devils, and that's what we want to talk about right now because uh Joey Baker has entered the transfer portal, Tate. And that in and of itself is not news in the sense that there are seventeen hundred people in the transfer portal still, I think, as of and today. More, and more probably to come, you know what I mean? If, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep making this joke because I, I keep thinking it's funny. What happens if they unplug the portal right now, Tate? What happens to all 1,700 of those guys? Mm-hmm. They just disappear. They just. It's a, I, I like to think it's like a wreck it situation. Yeah, yeah. They just all yeah. go away. They, they dissolve into the ether. <laughs> uh, but, but Joey Baker is currently living his life in the portal right now. Um, and and that that's not enough for you and I to talk about it. Although it is interesting because uh, Joey Baker never did get a senior night at Duke. Well, th- that's the interesting part because I thought it was coming this season. So it was I, supposed I to come this season. A ball. man who uh, was asked to reclassify, if I have that correctly right, he reclassed. He got to Duke early, only to be put on a red shirt, only to then have his red shirt burned because they wanted him to play like ten minutes. Um, so he, he gets just like yanked around all over the place. Like, what, what do you want from me? Do you want me on campus? Do you want me part of this team or not? And we're like, yes, to both. We'll figure it out. Is apparently what four games is what he got burned for. I mean, he played four games. the entire season. Then they burned it four games. Yeah. Burns his red shirt. Uh, then he's a senior this year. His senior night was against the North Carolina Tar Heels in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Did not get a ceremony because that might cut into the real ceremony of the night. <laughs> the real senior, the super senior, <laughs> the super senior. Um, and I find an interesting take that Joey Baker did not get a ceremony for his senior night at Duke because he was supposed to come back for another year. Yes, that Duke. was the prevailing narrative. Quote unquote, he's going to come back. Yes. Meanwhile, the Shut guy up. Who, you don't know anything. Joey Baker's gonna get his time in the sun. Yeah. Meanwhile, the guy who did get a senior night send off, uh, <laughs> Mike Shashevsky, he's no longer Coach K. He is now Mr. Mike. K. Mike K. <laughs> Mr. K. <laughs> I like Mr. We cannot, K. We cannot call him coach anymore. Uh, this man, uh, he, he gets his senior sent off because this is actually going to be his last game. But this man will not go away, Tate. And, and now we, we found ourselves, Joey Baker is definitively done in Cameron Indoor Stadium. He's entered the portal. He's going to go somewhere else. He is not going to get a, a senior ceremony. Mike Krzyzewski might get too because uh, for for all the jokes that we have made over the last calendar year and then some about how Coach K is never going to actually retire, how uh, I go to you for the Coach K successor power rankings, and from time to time you'll say Coach K is number one on his own successor power rankings. We have found ourselves in a position, Tate, where Joey Baker enters the transfer portal. The Duke men's basketball uh, uh, official PR release includes a quote from Joey Baker – that from the head coach of the Duke Blue Devils, John Mike Shashevsky. <laughs> it has been an absolute pleasure having Joey in our program. He's been a joy to coach and a great leader. I'm thrilled he'll be earning a degree from one of the great institutions in the world. And I wish him all the best. P- pay no mind to how I treated this man for four years. <laughs> uh, just believe what I say. Um, and, and, you know, if, if, if you're going to defend Duke and defend uh, uh, Mike K, Mr. K, uh, you would you would say, yeah, I, I get it. 
he's not coaches. Coach K isn't the coach at Duke anymore. Um, but at the same time, he did coach Joey Baker, so it makes sense that he released a statement. Why have John Shire release a statement when Coach K was the head coach? John Shire coached him too, Tate. Yeah. John Shire coached his man too. He was right there next to him. He was right there. It would have made just as much sense for John Shire to be like, to have Joey in this program the last four years. It's been a great, yada, 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 whatever. Whatever the quote is. Would have made a lot of sense to have the head coach of the Duke Blue Devils do it. Instead, it was Coach K from the Coach K offices on <laughs> in Cameron Indoor Stadium probably uh, is where he released the statement. I I don't want to say that Coach K is coming back. I I because I I I'm going to uh I'm going to be very uh, level headed about this. I don't want to get crazy about it and say I I believe that Coach K is going to come back for another year. But this mm. man is not going away. And and I I think we we've in in the uh, the month and change that we've seen since his season has ended and since his quote unquote career has ended Tate I have seen enough to know for sure that Coach K is not going away anytime soon. What that looks like I don't know, but he's not going away. That's a fact. Um, Coach K for the listeners at home, he's still so there are six floors in the Duke basketball building. The sixth floor, you know, where Satan would probably be because he loves sixes, is where Coach K has an entire floor to himself. Now, you would think, Titus, that when you leave your job and you're no longer the head coach of said program, mm-hmm. you would mm-hmm. you know, pack your things up, you would bid adieu. Very Michael Scott in the office moment, I think, is how the Duke fans see Coach K. You know what I mean? Him saying goodbye, we love you, we miss you, oh, great leader, we love you, we miss you, we praise you, please don't leave us. And Coach K is like, okay, <laughs> I, I won't. <laughs> I'll just stay here and I'll keep my office on the sixth floor. And John Shire, you can have the office a floor beneath me. <laughs> so the entire the entire setup is pretty hilarious because Coach K is literally above the current acting head coach of the Duke Blue Devils in his yes. office that he was in, like you said, this past season. So nothing has really changed from that sense. Coach K is still a staple. Uh, he is still Coach K in the minds and the bodies and the spirits of everyone that's you know in that building in Durham. So that's shocking. The funny thing about Joey Baker is that Joey Baker, here's a here's a inside baseball story of how Joey Baker came into my purview of my life. My dad was on a flight. Raymond Felton's dad was like across the aisle from my dad. My dad, you know, strikes up a conversation, it's like I'm Carolina guy, yada yada yada. Raymond Felton's dad and my dad hit it off. They had this great conversation. Jalik Felton at the time was a junior in high school. Raymond's, you know, the, uh, that was coming up, you know, obviously in the next Felton in line. And my dad was, you know, asking about Jalik and everything and he said, "Look, Jalik's going to be great. He's a Tar Heel, yada yada yada." There's this other kid on our team on the AAU team, Team Felton. His name's Joey Baker. He's the biggest Carolina fan. He wants to play <laughs> Carolina, and he's like the one that you guys like got to got to keep an eye on. He's going to be great for Carolina. I'm so excited for him. This is Raymond Felton's dad telling my dad. So my dad comes back to me. He's like, you know, not just a league Felton. There's this other kid, Joey Baker. He's going to be a five star. He's going to come to Carolina. Coach K caught wind of that interest. Obviously, says, "Hey." come to Duke, you can reclass a year early, basically seduces him very much like I think Char- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is how I he like He did it. the same to uh, Matthew Hurt, right? Yeah, it's, a, that slug the, worm, it's yeah. a slugworm situation, you know what I mean? Where he comes in, he's like, I'm going to give you the the world, you know what I mean? Mm. Just don't go to Wonka. Don't go over there. The, those are the bad guys. I'm actually going to take care of you. So he seduces this kid it, to the dark side. And then, like you said, malpractice the way that he is treated, like ruins his redshirt season, plays him 11 minutes per game, doesn't give him a senior night, 
Then the kid has to get the transfer portal and leave with basically his tail between his legs at the end of this. And he was supposed to be this promising five-star, you know, kid that everyone was excited to watch play, and he didn't even play at all. And I think it's honestly one of Coach K's last acts of evil. You know what I mean? Like, there, mm-hmm. a lot of people will ask me, like, what, you know, like, why do I get all up in arms? And I'm like, well, the K that I used to point to and say that those are evil things that he's doing, we're far from that. He's got the PR of it all. But this is like an old vintage K move of just like, oh, you think you want to go to Carolina and have this pipeline with the Felton family? I'm going to ruin your life. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I mean, in in a sense, like, I am, I am, like, amazed. In another sense, I'm, like, I'm not shocked, but I'm also, like, God damn, you got to respect it at some level. Like, (laughs) this is what this guy does. You know what I mean? This is one of his last acts. But is is it? it Maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's not, which I – I actually updated, and, and I thought I was going to be done with this. I actually updated the Coach K successor power ranking. Oh, this is good. This is good. Because I was – I need to know where we're at. I, I was, you know, I, I was a little shocked about what was happening, um, and, and I checked back on it. And, you know, we talked about Logan Roy. It's a very Logan Roy situation with Coach K. And, uh, you know, I crunched the numbers. I talked to the experts. I talked to the committees uh, that are involved in this process. And Coach K is still number one on the list. <laughs> and, uh, it's it's shocking. It, it's disgusting. But it, it is what it is. He is still number one on the list. And load management is the, the terminology I... that is being, that is being uh, you know, posited next to it. But we also have John Shire at number two. Which congratulations, Coach! You, that makes you, sense. I I think John Shire. I think I think that makes sense. I think he probably would be number two. Yeah, that makes number sense. three is <laughs> the real shocker in the updated. And the only thing that it says next to it is ESPN. And number three on the Coach K successor power rankings is none other than JJ Redick. JJ Redick has jumped oh. number three on the Coach K successor power rankings. We're not really sure. We didn't know that he wanted to be a head coach, but apparently a lot of the players think that J.J. would be a great coach, but maybe <laughs> it's not an NBA coach. And, no, uh, J.J. hates college basketball. J.J., yeah. J.J. Hey. I maybe, see J.J. Maybe not forever. Maybe not forever. I Karen see J.J. Lawson. Yeah. Mm. I, I, you're right. J.J. is a darling now. J, J.J. is uh, J.J. has the cachet. He, 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 he hates college basketball. And guess what he is? He's he's who these people are trying to act like John Shire is. You know what I mean? Even though JJ didn't win a national championship, let's let's call a spade a spade. John Shire was the B watered down version of JJ Reddick. You know what I mean? And why not bring in the real version? Why not bring in the guy who can actually say, I played with Zion Williamson? And by played, I mean I sat on the bench and did my podcast. <laughs> I podcasted. I podcasted, I podcasted with some of the greatest <laughs> players in the NBA. <laughs> number three on the list number four and this is you know a guy that i think obviously is going to get some some traction quinn snyder number Whoa, four okay. Jazz, um a house of cards the time is now the time, the time is, is now to get um, out john yeah. shire has a very short leash i think quinn snyder's next up on that list uh of who you call it. and then number is john five, shire on the hot seat do you think john like do you re- i think he might 100%. be a hundred percent yeah. John Shire was on the hot seat as soon as Carolina beat Duke in the final four. <laughs> <laughs> because Coach K was like, this could not be my last game. <laughs> Number five is the most shocking. And, and I honestly don't see it happening, but I also know about Pete Gaudet. So I, I am not gonna be I'm not gonna be shocked if this happens. Mike Schrage. 
number five <laughs> on the Coach K successor power rankings. He's going to slide that over is, from that assistant is your... to the assistant. That will take the of losses. Basketball ops. Yeah, he will take the losses for, for John Dyer and or Coach K. Whoever wow. needs the losses to be taken. Mike Schrage is there. So there, there you go. Your updated top five, Coach Case. I can feel Duke fans listening to this, rolling their eyes. They're like, really? You guys are you guys are going back to the Coach K well. You can't you can't give it a rest. And and I just want to get out ahead of this and say he can't give it a rest. Like I'm I'm trying, I am trying to give Coach K a rest, but this man will not like the culture around Duke basketball is his his behavior since the season has ended does not is not indicative of a guy who's retiring, Tate. And I, and, I, and I genuinely, in my heart of hearts, believe that he is not going away. I don't think he's going to co- – like, but, but th- this is going to continue to be a story that we, we will talk about. I'm not joking. Like, like, he's not going to obviously be the head coach of Duke in game one. Um, that part we're, we're joking about, I think. I don't know. I'm still – I, 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 I can talk sure. to Tate off air about how much we're joking about that. Um, <laughs> but, but Mike Krzyzewski – Casting a shadow on the program, an active shadow, not not like a, a a legacy shadow of like how hard it is it's going to be for Shire to follow in his footsteps and all that he did for the program and all that. He's going to be there, like casting a shadow every single day. He's he's not going away, and that is fascinating to me, and it's going to continue to be fascinating. Um, well, so with my my coach K successor power rings, I was going to say I had K at one, I had Shire at two, just like you. I actually had Bob Cousy at three above Red. <laughs> And I just felt like I should. <laughs> Honestly, Kuzi, Kuzi would be a better coach than J.J. Redick. That's for sure. There's I one saw, thing that I can say on the show and guarantee that is, that is the truth. I saw I, – I, when, you, when, you, when you brought up J.J., I saw today that Kuzi finally – he's an old man. It, 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 he doesn't have a Twitter account, I don't think. I don't, I don't think he's, he subscribes to NBA Reddit, so I don't think he saw it immediately. But uh, He does listen weeks, to Old Man in the Three, though, so yeah, I, he, he was very upset about that. A few weeks after the fact, he, uh, I, I saw today he uh, chirped back at JJ about the plumbers and firemen and, and all that, which uh, which I got to say, dude, I find myself in a tough position with the Bob Cousy versus JJ Reddick beef because I have through the year shit on Bob Cousy's legacy <laughs> as well. And I've said that I would give Bob Cousy buckets. Yeah. But um, I... I, get, I think I'm on. I think I want to formally apologize to the Kuzi family. I, I think you should. Side, I'm going to side with I, the Kuzis. I, I will apologize as well for laughing because, yeah, you know, Mr. Kuzi, it was a joke to us, but we also respect that you played with yes. Lord Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor. We know all this, you know what I mean? And I respected the fact that Bob Kuzi went on there and basically was like, yeah, I play with a bunch of plumbers like Wilt Chamberlain and just started listing like Hall of Famers like Oscar Robertson. I'm like, yeah, this is sick. It's a great point. Mr. Kuzi, when I said that I would drop 50 on your head by halftime and I would do the too small celebration and and I would do three to the dome. And when I, when I did the bow and arrow. And I would do a bow and arrow you. in your face. And when I said that you would try to take a charge on me, and I believe my phrase was I would drag my sack across your forehead as I dunked on you and your entire family. I said that respectfully. Like I said that with all due respect. I do believe. I respect the game, sir. I respect the game. I've always respected. Uh, I've always. That was a good. That, I, can we can we give credit to Bob Cousy though? Because it was like for him to be as old as of he course is, for him to come in with fucking haymakers like that was nice, dude. Like, he should like it's 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 it. I, I here here's my bold prediction. Um, at Tate Fraser voice, and I like JJ Redick. I don't really know if I do, 
But uh, we we tried we tried to have Tommy get JJ on the show a hundred times. Dude, he big times. I used to produce this man's podcast. I used to have to listen to this man unedited and edit him at once upon a time, and we cannot get him on this podcast. And JJ shits on college basketball, and it's like, listen, JJ, like I know you had a good NBA career, but let's be honest with ourselves, dude. If you didn't have if you if you didn't have your college career, you're not you're not getting you know like that's you're nothing without dude. College basketball made you without Coach K. You're nothing, dude. Like, come on, what are we doing? Um, so, but, but I, I, I want to say that the, uh, I, I want to get out ahead that the, uh, the JJ Reddick media, um, the, him being the, the darling of like him being the quote unquote breath of fresh air, I think that has the shelf life. I'm going to get ahead of it and say that, uh, the expiration date is coming and may, it might be sooner than you think. I just want to say that because uh, he's going to, he's going to, he's like, started. he's keeping it like he's, he's, he's saying what I don't know. Never mind. No, you're 100 percent right. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to. I'll just yeah. give you an example on first take of what first take is, which is like the first day that Mad Dog came on first take, he won. He said Bob Cousy was the best point guard ever. Yeah, and he had all the facts to back it up. And Stephen A. was like, his head was boggled, and he and and when they left that day, I I got a call from an NBA guy that was like, "Who's this Mad Dog guy? Because he's awesome." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that dog won the first day of first take. <laughs> Two weeks later, he's on there with JJ. He gets the Fox News comment done. You know what yeah. I mean? Like no longer you're the talk of the town. Now JJ's talk of the town. Pat Beverly comes on with JJ after right. JJ's been two weeks to talk of the town. Pat Beverly's challenging him. He's like, Really? You think that really? Because JJ obviously capes for his friends as everybody does in this world. You know what I mean? And Pat Beverly's like calling him out on it. And then he got flustered and you're like, Oh wow, I see uh I see that you could be broken, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. what first take does. And that's yes. why Stephen A is honestly so fascinating because like even when he breaks, he's not broken. <laughs> like, and everyone else, like they they you can get broken on that stage. And and that's why JJ they, they're putting him in a bad spot because first take, it's a whole there's lot just of- too much. There, there's too much like the reaction to JJ Reddick going on first take and, 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 and becoming like a huge star in NBA media has become too much. Uh, like it, it, it's just like, it, it reminds me of, like the political shit you see where people are just like, they destroyed the libs with facts and logic and, and <laughs> JJ Reddick. Oh my God. Did you see this clip? He shut down Stephen A. Smith with Just, these three yeah. <laughs> ended his career with facts and logic hashtag facts. And I, I I don't think that's the game. I don't for for me. I don't think that's uh, I I don't think that's sustainable. That's tough, that's, a, that's yeah, like not sustainable. That's what it is. And it, and as people that want to have JJ on this podcast and want to talk to JJ and have a real conversation, JJ, we're trying to protect you. You got to get out of there. You JJ, know? come on you're, the show and you're playing and, the Lions Den. You know what I mean? We invite you to bring your facts and logic to this program, and and I'm gonna we, hit you with truth in a movie. We will see where your facts and logic gets you because I got news for you, buddy. There's no place for the, either of those on this program. Um, <laughs> I think I think that he I sincerely think that he will not come on the show because he's terrified from what Tommy has made up that I would say to him. Like Tommy's yeah. told him all these things like Tate's going to come after you about this. He's going to say this. Dude, honestly, he and should I'm be more scared of me because I'm going to shit on him for Adam Morrison being so much better than him and like having more of a cultural impact on college basketball as a whole. In the 2060s, and the JJ Reddick did. I mean, that yeah, is that is a I'm fact. Like, that's what I'm gonna say. That's facts. I'm gonna be the guy yelling in the background. Facts. It makes no sense why he doesn't want to come on the show. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. 
I don't get it either. I'm also like a little bit confused. We got to move on from this because I'm we're gonna I'm, we're gonna get in trouble, Tate. Are we getting canceled? Um, I I am a little bit confused about the the reaction to Jeff Garcia telling Mina Kimes, "Shut up! You don't know what you're talking about. You've never played this sport." And and everyone rallied behind Mina Kimes. And not, I'm not saying they shouldn't have. Um, but but like Jeff Garcia's point of view, well, you you remember that controversy? Yeah, he was like he's like said it, yeah. he's like who's this woman? She's never played football, and everyone's like, now hang on a second. And you know, we had that whole conversation, like how much do you have to play to be able to talk about it? How qualified? Um, the 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 people that were were defending Mina in that situation, as they should. Mina's great. I I I, I genuinely do love uh, 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 consuming Mina's football content, but uh, the same people that were rushing those that defense seem to be getting excited about the idea of JJ Reddick like talking to to uh to to the, to the people in NBA media that, that never played don't know the game don't like like that's how he's become a star is because there's a lot of blowhards in NBA media that have never played them never touched we the basketball we need someone that played the game and we need someone that can come yeah. in and talk Xs and Os and knows hey, the game talk heads out of here and yeah. finally a breath of fresh air JJ Reddick can explain what a horn set is cuz i hear about horns all the time Tate. no one's ever explained what horns is? What are you? This they're, they're icing the down. This is called drop coverage on a uh, on a ball screen. What does that mean? Oh my god! No, I, I, I think, find I that, think we all. I think we're. I think we're all. You know, can get called lots of names in this life, but you know, the name that comes to mind when you explain that situation is hypocrite. <laughs> and as Norm Macdonald taught us, the hypocrisy is the worst part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, hundred percent. I don't care what you do. No, that, dude, honestly, I, I have been fascinated because, like, JJ, I don't have a problem with JJ's. I, I do think JJ's really good. I think he's it, really good. Yeah. It's just like, it, it's weird to me to watch, like, people, like, losing their mind about how, like, JJ Reddick has revolutionized basketball media and everything. And I guess, like, I, I do think basketball, the, the way people talk about basketball, it is broken. So I guess, like, JJ's doing a lot of good. But um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> It just feels like every time I watch him, he's just like defending the guys, his peer group. That's what he's doing. You know what I mean? There, there's like a, an instance of Dr- like the Draymond Green was the that was the best example, and JJ was like this guy who I played along like I, at the same time, and and we run in the same circles and all that sort of stuff. I actually think he's not an asshole, and and everyone's like, damn, finally someone stick. And of yeah, course, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? No one said it. You're yeah. like, this is a breath of fresh air because I turn on TNT and, and Shaq and, and Barkley and Kenny are shitting on more, – more so Shaq and Barkley are shitting on the current generation of players. Finally, we have a guy in media who's not sure. And I got news for you, America. Fast forward 15, 20 years, J.J. Reddick's going to be shitting on these these kids that are doing the – like, J.J. Reddick's going to be shitting on John Morant. He's going to let it slip. J.J. Reddick is going to be asked about John Morant. He's going to have a coward take. He's like, are we sure we need the dancing? Yeah, are we sure? Yeah. <laughs> going to be like, what? What did he say? Whoa, whoa, <laughs> you know? Because that's how this works, Tate, is as yeah. you get older and as, like, the guys you played with are retiring and phasing out, you don't recognize the players that are playing today. You don't recognize the sport you're watching. And you, you you keep it real. You're shooting from the hip. Yeah, you yeah. let one slip. You shouldn't. Have, <laughs> you let it take out that. You know. Next thing you know, you're Bob Ryan arguing that the three point line has ruined basketball. You know. And that's how this. That's how this game works. That's how the take game works. So anyway. <laughs> oh man, I mean, it's so true though. It really is true. I mean, the best thing that I saw in the takes game. Did you watch the Charles Barkley the Great Debate? Did you watch that uh, segment? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh my god, you you have. No, to. It happens now. 
it was great it was hilarious it was it was like i just said it was basically charles barkley saying like we shouldn't have the goat conversation it's a dumb conversation we no one should be having that conversation and then the show is that entire conversation and it's him jackie mcmullen spike lee and renee montgomery we should have the goat conversation anyway here's my top five no, he gave his goats, and then he was like, any of them could be the goat. And then he, like, left out, like, some people that, you know, some players that people would be like, well, that guy's my goat for sure. Uh, I've, uh, I got it. So watching the watching the uh, uh, Heat-Celtics game tonight, um, the Celtics, it has gone final. It wasn't final when we started, but the Celtics ended up winning by 25, by the way, in case you hadn't wow. uh, Check the score there. Uh, there, there, there was crazy a little. The Heat won the third quarter by twenty-five in Game One. So there you go. That's whoa, your big whoa. There. there you go. What does it mean? <laughs> Connected dots. Um, there, there was a mo- there was a sequence where Peyton Pritchard and Tyler Hero were going at it a little bit. It wasn't a long sequence, but they were they they were talking a little junk, trying to score on each other. And um, I, I realized I'm far less interested in uh, getting sucked into like the top five lists and does does the celtics beating the heat tonight mean that jason tatum is better than jimmy butler because i thought the other night when the heat beat the celtics and tatum didn't play well that butler was better than tatum it's like who's who what how does this all shake out where's luca on the standings now that he played like ass in game one where 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 do we sit and i realized watching tyler number one (laughs) watching tyler hero and peyton pritchard I realized I'm far more interested in having arguments about like mid-tier guys on all these teams. Like who's better? Yeah. I'm far more far more interested in like the Daniel Tice, Dwayne Deadman conversation. How do you see that one shaking out? I mean, you're not wrong. The, the, that's my, that's my, more fun to me. Let's argue well, about my, that. My least favorite conversation right now is guys saying that they should be in that conversation. Like this, <laughs> yeah. every single thing with Tyler Hero, they're like, this is a guy who thinks he should be in the conversation with the Trey Youngs and the Luka Doncic yeah. of the world. I'm like, the guy comes off the freaking bench. He's not in the yeah, conversation yeah, not, with them. I don't know what you're two undrafted dudes starting above him. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, like he's, I know he's a six man. They're like, that's just what his role is in the NBA. He's not a featured player like a Trey Young or Luke. So he's not in that conversation, but that's the way to give credit now. You're like, this guy, he's in that conversation. It's like, and if you don't want to yeah. have that conversation, you don't get it. It's like, no, I just think he's a six man. And the other two guys are superstars. So he's not in that conversation. But the conversation I do want to have is that Tyler Hero should be in White Men Can't Jump. They're making a new white man can't jump, and Whoa. Jack Harlow is in it, and that is a huge mistake. And I just want to put this out there on the record: if whoever's making that movie listens to this podcast, they probably don't replace Jack Harlow with Tyler Hero right now. Right now, that would be a great move. Tyler Hero, you, you went to Tyler Hero and told him about that. He'd be like, "I don't get it. I'm not." You know how you know how they said Larry Bird's not white; he's clear. Yeah. Tyler Hero is not white. He's a bucket. He's like, I identify as I, I am. I'm officially my race is a bucket. I, like, I don't yeah. get it. I'm not never thought of myself. I'm as an white item. Man. I, I yeah, am an <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, that, that was that was the bait I wanted to have is Peyton Pritchard versus Tyler Hero. And uh, after I think tonight, I, take, I think, I think, I think I it's take Peyton Pritchard. Richard. Yeah, I think I'd take Pritchard. Tyler Hero is a better basketball player. Peyton Pritchard, I would rather coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tyler Hero like just is chaotic. He's chaotic energy at all times. Like he's he's he. Tyler Hero has no idea what the score is. Tyler Hero has no idea what his defensive assignment is. He's just running around out there, 
trying to make plays. And sometimes it works and he looks awesome. And other times you're like, what the hell is going Peyton Pritchard knows about exactly what he's supposed to do. He just can't do it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Sometimes like there's physical limitations to what he yeah. can do, but otherwise like he's pretty locked in and yeah. uh, he hits big shots. I like Peyton Pritchard a lot. He's actually really impressed me, um, you know, but that's neither no. here nor there. Uh, let's wrap it up with shout outs, closeouts. What else do you got? Uh, shout out to the PGA Championship. I know that is, uh, you know, not something uh-huh. that is in the college basketball universe, but today Tiger Woods played with Roy McIlroy and Jordan Spieth, uh, and, and I got to watch it's this. Great and I, it was like one got to watch Roy, which I used to not like when I was younger. Now I've come full circle. I really like Roy. Then I'm watching Spieth, who I used to really like, but now you know it was just kind of like this whole moment. And then yeah. I got Tiger back at a place where he won the 07 PGA Championship, and at that time he had 13 majors at 31. He was going to break Jack's record. It was just like I don't know. It was I'm back into golf again, like I was in that time. Yeah, dude, you're playing a lot too. Oh, I'm, you're, you're playing well. You locked in. I'm locked in. I mean, the handicap is at 4.5 right now. So, I mean, we're, Whoa. we're locked in. We're, we're playing good. Dude, say it again for the haters, man. They're, they're going to be. Yeah, oh, they don't like. They're, to they're shook to hear that. And the good news is I'm going home uh, to North Carolina, and I'm going to play, like, back at my home course, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. which is, like, more open, trying to trying to get some scores in. Trying, we need trying to, to do a. Trying to get the to, handicap down. We need to do a golf out in. You and I should do a golf out in. A hundred percent. Like, like not, not just like we play. I mean, like a, like, no, we, like a, like we, we have do a tournament. A, we have like a tournament. Yeah. We should, we should do a Titus and Tate golf outing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, in. and I'm like the, uh, I'm like the, uh, I'm like Bill Murray at the, uh, that, that's my role in all this. Like I wear an umbrella hat and like, yeah, I say umbrella weird. I just heard myself say it. <laughs> no, you I get go called out for that. Jam I go, yeah. I, I, I just become like a big goofball and then you're the, and I'm just trying to entertain everybody. And I got like a scar in my mouth as I'm swinging. I'm like, hey, everybody watch this. Hey, keep your eyes open. Let's see if you see where this thing goes. Huh? Here we go. I get a little Rodney Dangerfield. That's my role in it. And then meanwhile, your role is like. I'm Chevy chasing. I'm taking yeah. it seriously. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm trying to win money for the show. I'm yes. trying to get respect for the show. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. And we're bringing out the D1 and the the pro. Where do, we, where do we do this? Where's the Titus and Tate, the inaugural golf I mean, outing? Is let's it do it in LA at the club. Let's do it at Braveheart. Is it in LA? Yeah. yeah. Let's do it in LA. Or we do or it. Maui. In- yeah, or Maui. Yeah. Or Maui Invitational. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> now you're talking honestly we we can put a everything's in maui every idea i have is in maui <laughs> and i'm here for it <laughs> just like, can you move the show to maui <laughs> oh man uh but that was my big shout out golf golf is back golf is back and, uh, it's a major this weekend how's and phil doing time. I, I didn't get to watch how's phil <laughs> i have always around. hated phil mickelson mike because that's a tiger guy so like this yeah. has been a great um I don't know. It's it's kind of just like worked itself out, you know. Yeah. Which, which is weird because I used to always like I loved Gary Player, I loved Jack Nicholas, I love Arnold Palmer, I loved all of them, you know. And a lot of people had to pick sides. I always yeah. picked against Phil. I loved Payne Stewart, you know, when he beat Phil, that was great. But well, I I like Phil because he was, um, he, I guess guy that couldn't he couldn't get over the hump. Like that was that was like fun to that was I was I was old enough as all I was like, but as that became that my dad would like point out Phil Milkinson to be like, he's really good, Mark, but he, he never wins a major. And that was, that was who Phil Milkinson was to me. So when he finally wins, the Oh, four, I was excited. Oh, the Oh, four, made the punt, that was, that was, yes. Cool. Um, but so then I just have the residual from that of like cheering for Phil for all those years to finally get over the hump. And then like, he became a big goofball. Um, you know, like you'd see him on social media talking about his calves and all that. And I was like, I don't know. What's the harm in the, Oh, that's the harm. Okay. Now I see the harm. Okay. All right. 
Ah, now he's like, there's, and like there's the heart million dollars in debt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's good I to watch shout out. I want to shout out a friend of the program, John Fanta, who we've never had on the show either. We gotta we gotta fix that this time. We gotta get John Fanta on, who uh, is engaged to be married. He is uh, he is uh, he he joined the likes of uh, Kyle Crichton and uh, proposed. Uh, we we gotta we should get him on the show to tell his engagement story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our thing. We have, first start with yeah. Ross. We just like anybody that gets engaged, you come on, share your story. Yeah, worst. <laughs> <laughs> anybody in the college basketball universe that gets share your engaged gift, share your love come uh talk to us about it shout out to chris holtman signed a three-year extension on ohio state um it has my support i get asked about chris holtman all the time um i, I get at like the job he's doing i get asked now that that thad's taking the butler job i get asked even more about my my thoughts on uh holtman i'm a chris holtman guy tate i want to go on record i'm on the record I, as well I love Coach Holman, and uh, I believe he's the man for the job. And I'm I'm excited to uh, to see what's next. And gr- granted, I will say I'm not ignoring the reality. Like we gotta we gotta get to the second weekend of the tournament. We gotta start winning some championships. But Ohio State has been decimated by injuries. COVID has has ruined us at various times throughout the season. And people forget we beat Duke last year. So shut up, haters. Chris Holman, three year contract extension. Yeah. Shout out to him for that. Uh, what else, Tate? What else is there? I Kevin McCuller to Kansas. Did you see that? <laughs> I just thought about that. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah, I did. Dude. What a world we live in. Don't tell me like that, that, that right there. Don't tell me that this current college basketball landscape is the exact same as it's always been. It's just now happening above the table. That is so much bullshit. It is not, it is not the same landscape. That shit wasn't happening. That, that is, it, it's unheard of. Well, it's, it, you, it, it is confirmed that it is not the same because Nick Saban is losing his mind. I yes. mean, Nick Saban, Saying what he said about Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M, although it may be very true, that was like that. In the words of Steve Kerr, that broke the code. That was yeah. like the ultimate, like holy man, I cannot believe that you just did that as Nick Saban. Like I don't even think Coach K would ever do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and yeah. That, that's why, like, that confirms everything that you're saying. This is nothing like what it was yeah. before, and crazy stuff is happening, and it's making people act out. When Joey Baker transfers to North Carolina, uh, I I am I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, if Joey uh, Baker transfers to Carolina and then wins a national championship with North Carolina, then <laughs> let me just say this: Coach K, I, I, we're going to have to talk about him a lot more. He's on back. The program. No, we're going to have to talk He's about coming. him a lot more. I'm going to talk about his legacy for the next two <laughs> years uh, if that happens. Well, he's definitely if, if Joey Baker wins a national championship in North Carolina, Coach K is 10 million percent coming back. He's um, coming back. He's coming back anyway. That's a fact. Uh, I want to shout out uh, – my last shout-out was Swish House in New York City. Um, our, our friend of the program, Dan Katz, a.k.a. Barstool Big Cat on, on Twitter. Um, I was in New York the, for the past week or so, Tate, and uh, Dan asked me to go work out with him. And I, I was like, what, what does this entail? And he, he goes, uh, we're, we're going to go get – he goes, do you want to play basketball? And I was like, I don't really know if I want to play pickup. I don't have shoes because I didn't. I didn't pack any basketball shoes. I just had running shoes is all I took. And then, like, some – uh, low top sneakers to wear like casually or whatever. Yeah, now what you um, need for a run. Yeah. yeah, I like Nike kill shots and then like running shoes. Those are the only things I have. Um, so I was like, I can't play pickup, but he's like, oh, it's not. It's just it, we're we're just doing like a workout. And I was like, well, what does that mean? He goes, I just I go through basketball drills. I was intrigued. I I threw on my running shoes. I did like seventy percent speed so I wouldn't roll my ankle and, and kill myself. And uh, anyway, it was a great time. And it was this, 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 uh, this deal called Swish House that's out of Chicago in New York. Um, and they basically, like, th- I, I talked to the guy who founded it. He's like, I, I saw all these boxing classes popping up. 
all these assholes that are paying money to just like hit a punching bag. And I was like, surely people will, will pay money to get shots up. Right. And, and have that be your workout. It was a genius yeah. idea. That's I'm not an investor, idea. by the way. I sound like I'm an investor. I, I, this is not an ad. This is not. Well, can, uh, can we be investors? Yeah, I, we I should love be. That idea. I thought it was a great idea. And I never, cause like, there's a lot of dudes like me that are a little washed up. I'm not trying to play pickup per se, but I'm also not trying to just go into a gym and just like put up shots and, and like, Get I am, I, I do, yeah. I do want to do that, but like, that's not a workout. That's just kind of like a casual, you know? So this was the good in between to like get shots up and get a sweat going and get a good workout in. And uh, I just wanted to shout them out. So thank you to guys at Swish House for setting that up. Shout so out to that. Swish House. I'm going to have to do some research because like. And shout out to. Yeah, you should. You should, dude. They're, they're, I think they're coming to L.A. We got to get them in L.A. Yeah. Get them, get them, get them to come to Maui, too. We'll run the Maui chapter. <laughs> I want to shout out New York City, too. This is the only time I've ever been to New York. I'm, I'm, I'm officially ready to. Uh, uh, I'm not a New York guy. I'm not going that far, Tate, but this is the first time in my life. I've been in New York City probably 15 times. This trip was the first time I did not want to kill myself. We're going back to the Biggie's tournament next year. <laughs> Start <laughs> spreading the news. <laughs> Titus isn't dead. <laughs> you're living to you're listening to Sinatra, like flying yeah. back from New York. You're like, ah, love no, this. Uh, I have not. I will say I have not gone over my expenses yet. And when I when I do look over my budget and I realize I spent four thousand dollars on fine dining, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah. I'm going You're to like, take back everything like I said. New York. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> New York. You got me. But uh, no, I had a good time bopping, bopping into little restaurants. The weather wasn't terrible. That helped. And uh, anyway, I, I have shit on New Summer York. Time in New York is a great time. That's Every right. time we talk about New York on the show, I shit on it. So in the interest of fairness, I wanted to, to get that out and, and, and tell all the, uh, the New York listeners that they get upset when I shit on their city. I wanted to say um, not as bad as it has been in the past. So there you go. That's it. That's I'm all I got. That. That's all I got, too. I mean, what a great show. What a great time. I yeah. mean, we have great content coming out, even in a time where like the NBA playoffs are terrible. We got mm. good stuff. Thank you, Joey Baker. We got to fix it. We got to figure out uh, the NBA playoffs, man. Like, I'm, I'm trying. Like, I'm, I'm interested in who's going to win the series. That's the, that's been the theme. Is like, I, I still don't know if the Celtics are here going to win the series. I just get the feeling that none of these games are going to be close, and that's frustrating. It's disheartening, but, especially because you and I, we were trying to David Stern this. We were trying to predict the best setup for the finals. Yeah. I mean, we still have a chance. We get like Warriors, Celtics, or Warriors Heat, or you know, I mean, there's still a chance that they're I have gonna- an idea to fix the NBA. Um, and I'm going to say it quickly because I don't want to have a long discussion about this. We might save this for another show because uh, the three-point line has ruined basketball. We know this. Um, what if what if the home court team could, in the regular season and playoffs, the home court team can decide where the three-point line is? It's like, it's like baseball where you have your own dimensions of your field, you know, your home field, and then you have a left-handed slugger. You make right field a little more shallow when you're building your new ballpark so you can bomb home runs, you know? Yeah. Um, what if you do that with a three-point line? And the Warriors put their three-point line like really deep, so Steph's the only guy that can hit them, and no one and everyone they play against can't. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. genius idea. And you you could do it game to game. So in the playoffs, like the the Heat decide the next, like the Celtics hit too many threes tonight. When they come back to Miami, we're just playing no three-point line. We're getting yeah, rid we're of taking it out. Line. We're taking we're out. Just the completely line. taking and, it out. That's like instead of the injury <laughs> day before game, it's like also you get like a line update. It's like there will be no three-point line tonight. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. oh shit. <laughs> Daniel Tice starts cracking his knuckles. He's like, it's my it's time like, shot. Let's go. Al Horford, Daniel Tice, Robert Williams. It's like a front line of just yeah. all picks. They're like, we're just going to hang him in the post. That's my genius idea. 
I like that. We'll, we'll talk about that. That seems more off-season content, but that's that's. I think that fixes the NBA, and you get rid of all these because the, it's become a three-point. The three-point variance is ruining the playoffs, and it's the, whatever team's hot is going to win by thirty. Get rid of the three-point line in certain instances, and done. And we, or move and it back, the, or move it. Move. We get to watch basketball again, which would be fun. I'm a genius. Damn it, I'm a genius. Yeah, so let's, smart. Look, maybe we get uh, this out. And we start our own basketball league. You know what I mean? Don't let anyone play. Let's do where we play. Okay, and we go. We Where start we our own league, and you know where we play all the games? In Maui. <laughs> the whole Hell time. yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't say New York City. I'm like, That's they already said, did that. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're the USFL. We play every game in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> all right. That's it. That's the show. See you guys next week. Have a good week. Everybody.